rights granted. According to the World Intellectual Property Organization, copyright protects two types of rights. Economic rights allow right owners to derive financial reward from the use of their works by others. Moral rights allow authors and creators to take certain actions to preserve and protect their link with their work. The author or creator may be the owner of the economic rights or those rights may be transferred to one or more copyright owners. Many countries do not allow the transfer of moral rights. Economic rights. With any kind of property, its owner may decide how it is to be used, and others can use it lawfully only if they have the owner's permission, often through a license. The owner's use of the property must, however, respect the legally recognized rights and interests of other members of society. So the owner of a copyright-protected work may decide how to use the work, and may prevent others from using it without permission. National laws usually grant copyright owners exclusive rights to allow third parties to use their works, subject to the legally recognized rights and interests of others. Most copyright laws state that authors or other right owners have the right to authorize or prevent certain acts in relation to a work. Right owners can authorize or prohibit reproduction of the work in various forms, such as printed publications or sound recordings, distribution of copies of the work, public performance of the work, broadcasting or other communication of the work to the public, translation of the work into other languages, and adaptation of the work, such as turning a novel into a screenplay. Moral rights. Moral rights are concerned with the non-economic rights of a creator. They protect the creator's connection with the work as well as the integrity of the work. Moral rights are only accorded to individual authors and in many national laws they remain with the authors even after the authors have transferred their economic rights. In some EU countries, such as France, moral rights last indefinitely. In the UK, however, moral rights are finite. That is, the right of attribution and the right of integrity last only as long as the work is in copyright. When the copyright term comes to an end, so too do the moral rights in that work. This is just one reason why the moral rights regime within the UK is often regarded as weaker or inferior to the protection of moral rights in continental Europe and elsewhere in the world. The Berne Convention, in Article 6 bis, requires its members to grant authors the following rights. The right to claim authorship of the work, sometimes called the right of paternity or the right of attribution, and the right to object to any distortion or modification of the work or other derogatory action in relation to a work, which would be prejudicial to the author's honor or reputation, sometimes called the right of integrity. These and other similar rights granted in national laws are generally known as the moral rights of authors. The Berne Convention requires these rights to be independent of authors' economic rights. Moral rights are only accorded to individual authors and in many national laws they remain with the authors even after the authors have transferred their economic rights. This means that even where, for example, a film producer or publisher owns the economic rights in the work, in many jurisdictions the individual author continues to have moral rights. Recently, as a part of the debates being held at the U.S. Copyright Office on the question of inclusion of moral rights as a part of the framework of the copyright law in the United States, the Copyright Office concluded that many diverse aspects of the current moral rights patchwork, including copyright law's derivative work right, state moral rights statutes, and contract law, are generally working well and should not be changed. Further, the office concludes that there is no need for the creation of a blanket moral rights statute at this time. However, there are aspects of the U.S. moral rights patchwork that could be improved to the benefit of individual authors and the copyright system as a whole. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The copyright law in the United States. Several exclusive rights are granted to the holder of a copyright, as are listed below. Protection of the work. To determine and decide how, and under what conditions, the work may be marketed, publicly displayed, reproduced, distributed etc. To produce copies or reproductions of the work and to sell those copies, including, typically, electronic copies. To import or export the work. To create derivative works, works that adapt the original work. To perform or display the work publicly. To sell or see these rights to others. To transmit or display by radio, video or internet. The basic right when a work is protected by copyright is that the holder may determine and decide how and under what conditions the protected work may be used by others. This includes the right to decide to distribute the work for free. This part of copyright is often overseen. The phrase exclusive right means that only the copyright holder is free to exercise those rights, and others are prohibited from using the work without the holder's permission. Copyright is sometimes called a negative right, as it serves to prohibit certain people, for example, readers, viewers, or listeners, and primarily publishers and would-be publishers, from doing something they would otherwise be able to do, rather than permitting people, for example, authors, to do something they would otherwise be unable to do. In this way it is similar to the unregistered design right in English law and European law. The rights of the copyright holder also permit him slash her to not use or exploit their copyright, for some or all of the term. There is, however, a critique which rejects this assertion as being based on a philosophical interpretation of copyright law that is not universally shared. There is also debate on whether copyright should be considered a property right or a moral right. UK copyright law gives creators both economic rights and moral rights. While copying someone else's work without permission may constitute an infringement of their economic rights, that is, the reproduction right or the right of communication to the public, whereas, mutilating it might infringe the creator's moral rights. In the UK, moral rights include the right to be identified as the author of the work, which is generally identified as the right of attribution, and the right not to have your work subjected to derogatory treatment that is the right of integrity. Indian copyright law is at parity with the international standards as contained in TRIPS. The Indian Copyright Act, 1957, pursuant to the amendments in 1999, 2002 and 2012, fully reflects the Berne Convention for Protection of Literary and Artistic Works, 1886 and the Universal Copyright Convention, to which India is a party. India is also a party to the Geneva Convention for the Protection of Rights of Producers of Phonograms and is an active member of the World Intellectual Property Organization, WIPO, and United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization, UNESCO. The Indian system provides both the economic and moral rights under different provisions of its Indian Copyright Act of 1957. Duration Copyright subsists for a variety of lengths in different jurisdictions. The length of the term can depend on several factors, including the type of work, for example, musical composition, novel, whether the work has been published, and whether the work was created by an individual or a corporation. In most of the world, the default length of copyright is the life of the author plus either 50 or 70 years. In the United States, 
the term for most existing works is a fixed number of years after the date of creation or publication. Under most countries' laws, for example, the United States and the United Kingdom, copyrights expire at the end of the calendar year in which they would otherwise expire. The length and requirements for copyright duration are subject to change by legislation, and since the early 20th century there have been a number of adjustments made in various countries, which can make determining the duration of a given copyright somewhat difficult. For example, the United States used to require copyrights to be renewed after 28 years to stay in force, and formerly required a copyright notice upon first publication to gain coverage. In Italy and France, there were post-wartime extensions that could increase the term by approximately six years in Italy and up to about 14 in France. Many countries have extended the length of their copyright terms, sometimes retroactively. International treaties establish minimum terms for copyrights, but individual countries may enforce longer terms than those. In the United States, all books and other works published before 1923 have expired copyrights and are in the public domain. In addition, works published before 1964 that did not have their copyrights renewed 28 years after the first publication year also are in the public domain. Hurdle points out that the great majority of these works, including 93% of the books, were not renewed after 28 years and are in the public domain. Books originally published outside the U.S. by non-Americans are exempt from this renewal requirement, if they are still under copyright in their home country. But if the intended exploitation of the work includes publication, or distribution of derivative work, such as a film based on a book protected by copyright, outside the U.S., the terms of copyright around the world must be considered. If the author has been dead more than 70 years, the work is in the public domain in most, but not all, countries. In 1998, the length of a copyright in the United States was increased by 20 years under the Copyright Term Extension Act. This legislation was strongly promoted by corporations which had valuable copyrights which otherwise would have expired, and has been the subject of substantial criticism on this point. Limitations and Exceptions In many jurisdictions, copyright law makes exceptions to these restrictions when the work is copied for the purpose of commentary or other related uses. United States copyright law does not cover names, titles, short phrases or listings, such as ingredients, recipes, labels, or formulas. However, there are protections available for those areas copyright does not cover, such as trademarks and patents. Idea-expression dichotomy and the merger doctrine The idea-expression divide differentiates between ideas and expression, and states that copyright protects only the original expression of ideas, and not the ideas themselves. This principle, first clarified in the 1879 case of Baker v. Selton, has since been codified by the Copyright Act of 1976 at 17 U.S.C. Section 102b. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The First Sale Doctrine and Exhaustion of Rights Copyright law does not restrict the owner of a copy from reselling legitimately obtained copies of copyrighted works, provided that those copies were originally produced by or with the permission of the copyright holder. It is therefore legal, for example, to resell a copyrighted book or CD. 
In the United States this is known as the first sale doctrine, and was established by the courts to clarify the legality of reselling books in second-hand bookstores. Some countries may have parallel importation restrictions that allow the copyright holder to control the aftermarket. This may mean for example that a copy of a book that does not infringe copyright in the country where it was printed does infringe copyright in a country into which it is imported for retailing. The first sale doctrine is known as exhaustion of rights in other countries and is a principle which also applies, though somewhat differently, to patent and trademark rights. It is important to note that the first sale doctrine permits the transfer of the particular legitimate copy involved. It does not permit making or distributing additional copies. In Kurtzing v. John Wiley & Sons Incorporated, in 2013, the United States Supreme Court held in a 6-3 decision that the first sale doctrine applies to goods manufactured abroad with the copyright owner's permission and then imported into the U.S. without such permission. The case involved a plaintiff who imported Asian editions of textbooks that had been manufactured abroad with the publisher plaintiff's permission. The defendant, without permission from the publisher, imported the textbooks and resold on eBay. The Supreme Court's holding severely limits the ability of copyright holders to prevent such importation. In addition, copyright, in most cases, does not prohibit one from acts such as modifying, defacing, or destroying his or her own legitimately obtained copy of a copyrighted work, so long as duplication is not involved. However, in countries that implement moral rights, a copyright holder can in some cases successfully prevent the mutilation or destruction of a work that is publicly visible. Fair Use and Fair Dealing Copyright does not prohibit all copying or replication. In the United States, the Fair Use Doctrine, codified by the Copyright Act of 1976 as 17 U.S.C. Section 107, permits some copying and distribution without permission of the copyright holder or payment to same. The statute does not clearly define fair use, but instead gives four non-exclusive factors to consider in a fair use analysis. Those factors are The purpose and character of one's use The nature of the copyrighted work what amount and proportion of the whole work was taken, and the effect of the use upon the potential market for a value of the copyrighted work. In the United Kingdom and many other Commonwealth countries, a similar notion of fair dealing was established by the courts or through legislation. The concept is sometimes not well defined, however in Canada, private copying for personal use has been expressly permitted by statute since 1999. In Alberta, Education, v. Canadian Copyright Licensing Agency, Access Copyright, the Supreme Court of Canada concluded that limited copying for educational purposes could also be justified under the Fair Dealing Exemption. In Australia, the Fair Dealing Exceptions under the Copyright Act 1968 are a limited set of circumstances under which copyrighted material can be legally copied or adapted without the copyright holder's consent. Fair Dealing uses our research and study, review and critique news reportage and the giving of professional advice, for example, legal advice. Under current Australian law, although it is still a breach of copyright to copy, reproduce or adapt copyright material for personal or private use without permission from the copyright owner, owners of a legitimate copy are permitted to format shift the work from one medium to another for personal, private use, or to time shift a broadcast work for later, once and only once, viewing or listening. Other technical exemptions from infringement may also apply, such as the temporary reproduction of a work in machine-readable form for a computer. In the United States the ARA, Audio Home Recording Act codified in Section 10, 1992, 
prohibits action against consumers making non-commercial recordings of music, in return for royalties on both media and devices plus mandatory copy control mechanisms on recorders. Section 1008. Prohibition on Certain Infringement Actions No action may be brought under this title alleging infringement of copyright based on the manufacture, importation, or distribution of a digital audio recording device, a digital audio recording medium, an analog recording device, or an analog recording medium, or based on the non-commercial use by a consumer of such a device or medium for making digital musical recordings or analog musical recordings. Later acts amended U.S. copyright law so that for certain purposes making 10 copies or more is construed to be commercial, but there is no general rule permitting such copying. Indeed, making one complete copy of a work, or in many cases using a portion of it, for commercial purposes will not be considered fair use. The Digital Millennium Copyright Act prohibits the manufacture, importation, or distribution of devices whose intended use, or only significant commercial use, is to bypass an access or copy control put in place by a copyright owner. An appellate court has held that fair use is not a defense to engaging in such distribution. EU copyright laws recognize the right of EU member states to implement some national exceptions to copyright. Examples of those exceptions are Photographic reproductions on paper or any similar medium of works, excluding sheet music, provided that the right holders receives fair compensation. Reproduction made by libraries, educational establishments, museums or archives, which are non-commercial. Archival reproductions of broadcasts. Uses for the benefit of people with a disability. For demonstration or repair of equipment. For non-commercial research or private study. When used in parody. Accessible copies. It is legal in several countries including the United Kingdom and the United States to produce alternative versions, for example, in large print or braille, of a copyrighted work to provide improved access to a work for blind and visually impaired people without permission from the copyright holder. Transfer, assignment and licensing. A copyright, or aspects of it, for example reproduction alone, all but moral rights, may be assigned or transferred from one party to another. For example, a musician who records an album will often sign an agreement with a record company in which the musician agrees to transfer all copyright in the recordings in exchange for royalties and other considerations. The creator, and original copyright holder, benefits, or expects to, from production and marketing capabilities far beyond those of the author. In the digital age of music, music may be copied and distributed at minimal cost through the internet, however, the record industry attempts to provide promotion and marketing for the artist and their work so it can reach a much larger audience. A copyright holder need not transfer all rights completely, though many publishers will insist. Some of the rights may be transferred, or else the copyright holder may grant another party a non-exclusive license to copy or distribute the work in a particular region or for a specified period of time. A transfer or license may have to meet particular formal requirements in order to be effective. For example under the Australian Copyright Act 1968 the copyright itself must be expressly transferred in writing. Under the U.S. Copyright Act, a transfer of ownership in copyright must be memorialized in a writing signed by the transferor. For that purpose, ownership in copyright includes exclusive licenses of rights. Thus exclusive licenses, to be effective, must be granted in a written instrument signed by the grantor. No special form of transfer or grant is required. A simple document that identifies the work involved and the rights being granted is sufficient. Non-exclusive grants, often called non-exclusive licenses, need not be in writing under U.S. law. 
they can be oral or even implied by the behavior of the parties. Transfers of copyright ownership, including exclusive licenses, may and should be recorded in the U.S. Copyright Office. Information on recording transfers is available on the office's website. While recording is not required to make the grant effective, it offers important benefits, much like those obtained by recording a deed in a real estate transaction. Copyright may also be licensed. Some jurisdictions may provide that certain classes of copyrighted works be made available under a prescribed statutory license, for example, musical works in the United States used for radio broadcast or performance. This is also called a compulsory license, because under this scheme, anyone who wishes to copy a covered work does not need the permission of the copyright holder, but instead merely files the proper notice and pays a set fee established by statute, or by an agency decision under statutory guidance, for every copy made. Failure to follow the proper procedures would place the copier at risk of an infringement suit. Because of the difficulty of following every individual work, Copyright collectives or collecting societies and performing rights organizations, such as ASCAP, BMI, and SESIC, have been formed to collect royalties for hundreds, thousands and more, works at once. Though this market solution bypasses the statutory license, the availability of the statutory fee still helps dictate the price per work collective rights organizations charge, driving it down to what avoidance of procedural hassle would justify. Free Licenses Copyright licenses known as open or free licenses seek to grant several rights to licensees, either for a fee or not. Free in this context is not as much of a reference to price as it is to freedom. What constitutes free licensing has been characterized in a number of similar definitions, including by order of longevity the free software definition, the Debian free software guidelines, the open source definition and the definition of free cultural works. Further refinements to these definitions have resulted in categories such as copyleft and permissive. Common examples of free licenses are the GNU General Public License, BSD licenses and some Creative Commons licenses. Founded in 2001 by James Boyle, Lawrence Lessig, and Hal Abelson, the Creative Commons, CC, is a non-profit organization which aims to facilitate the legal sharing of creative works. To this end, the organization provides a number of generic copyright license options to the public, gratis. These licenses allow copyright holders to define conditions under which others may use the work and to specify what types of use are acceptable. Terms of use have traditionally been negotiated on an individual basis between copyright holder and potential licensee. Therefore, a general CC license outlining which rights the copyright holder is willing to waive enables the general public to use such works more freely. Six general types of CC licenses are available, although some of them are not properly free per the above definitions and per Creative Commons own advice. These are based upon copyright holder stipulations such as whether he or she is willing to allow modifications to the work, whether he or she permits the creation of derivative works and whether he or she is willing to permit commercial use of the work. As of 2009 approximately 130 million individuals had received such licenses. Criticism some sources are critical of particular aspects of the copyright system. This is known as a debate over copy norms, particularly to the background of uploading content to internet platforms and the digital exchange of original work. There is discussion about the copyright aspects of downloading and streaming, the copyright aspects of hyperlinking and framing. Concerns are often couched in the language of digital rights, digital freedom, database rights, open data or censorship. Discussions include free culture, a 2004 book by Lawrence Lessig. 
Lessig coined the term permission culture to describe a worst-case system. Good copy, bad copy, documentary, and rip, a remix manifesto, discuss copyright. Some suggest an alternative compensation system. In Europe consumers are acting up against the rising costs of music, film and books, and as a result pirate parties have been created. Some groups reject copyright altogether, taking an anti-copyright stance. The perceived inability to enforce copyright online leads some to advocate ignoring legal statutes when on the web. Public Domain Copyright, like other intellectual property rights, is subject to a statutorily determined term. Once the term of a copyright has expired, the formerly copyrighted work enters the public domain and may be used or exploited by anyone without obtaining permission, and normally without payment. However, in paying public domain regimes the user may still have to pay royalties to the state or to an author's association. Courts in common law countries, such as the United States and the United Kingdom, have rejected the doctrine of a common law copyright. Public domain works should not be confused with works that are publicly available. Works posted in the Internet, for example, are publicly available, but are not generally in the public domain. Copying such works may therefore violate the author's copyright. The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation incorporated under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The content of this podcast was last edited on March 29, 2020. Hi, this is Annie from Au Simone. You're listening to a Creative Commons licensed podcast.